for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 305 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're back again to talk about some Bad Batch, some Book of Boba Fett news. Sheesh! Oh my goodness. And um, a little bit of, not much, but some video game stuff. The tiniest little bit of video game news. So, uh... That's what we're going to be doing today. Before we jump into all that, uh, how about you guys, if you don't already, go follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Uh, and check out our Patreon if you want to support us for as little as $3 a month. You can at patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And once you sign up, you get access to an exclusive RSS feed where we post all of our bonus content. I looked the other day. I actually... Um, we posted up a new episode of Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel. And, oh my goodness. Uh, such a fun show to do. I always look forward to that one. That's when, a good dude. Yeah, when when Steel and I can work out the schedule and knock one of those out, I'm always excited. Like the night before and the day of, like I really look forward to doing it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I um, like Steel. So anyways, getting that posted up, I realize that's our like our 125th bonus podcast or something like that on the, the mm -hmm. patreon so uh quite a bit of uh content up there chug chugging along yeah buddy um and we've got you know all kinds of other shows jaws cooking with will my immediate bad batch reactions which i've been posting uh early in the friday morning time like as soon as i watch the new episodes <coughs> and um and all kinds of other stuff so once again if you want to check it out, it's patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And a big shout out and thank you to our patrons. You guys are the best and we really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much um, for supporting us. Yeah, man. So, buddy, how's your week been? It's been good. I mean, I can't complain. It's been hot. Uh, we've been in the pool a couple times. So oh, man. A pool. It's been nice. A pool would be so fucking rad right now. You know, just for exercise purposes, a pool would right. be kick-ass. Because that's my preferred 
way to exercise is doing laps oh, yeah. in the pool. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Jesse and I are in the 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 super early stages of looking at houses and stuff. Super early. Um and a pool would be nice, but you know, it's not gonna be a make or break it if we find a, a house that we like otherwise. Right. <laughs> I'll just I'll just dig a big deep hole in my backyard and fill it with some water, Beverly Hillbilly style. <laughs> Just hand Jesse a bottle of water and say, just spit on me. <laughs> I mean, that, we kind of do that. In, I mean, um, anyway, so my week has been pretty good. <laughs> Can't complain, you know, lots of work, driving, um, you know, playing some some a little bit of video games this week. I actually had a chance during the week to uh, play a little bit. That's not something that happens all the time. Recorded the new... Year by podcast with Steel. It's had some goofs and some gaffes. And, uh, you know, business as usual. Stoked on Star Wars as usual. As usual. Man, I was... So, I'm getting the itch to go to a theme park real bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I've wanted to go to Galaxy's Edge so fucking bad, man. And then, you know, for uh, over a year, it just wasn't wasn't possible now that things are open back up like i'm constantly thinking about like oh what are the logistics can we pull this off and and then thinking like i don't know man it's probably super fucking hot in florida right now does my fat ass really want to be going there right now yeah maybe i do it's galaxy if you like to sweat i mean hey i don't that's part of it (laughs) i don't part of the experience you know screen on the nose and the forehead and a little sweat it's always um there's, and then there's always the thing of like, well, when's the best time to go when it's not going to be as busy? And like, I don't know that there is such a thing, especially now with people being all excited for stuff. Post-pandemic, yeah. expect it to be flooded constantly. Yeah. Everywhere. But uh, I was watching, I've been, one of the things that I've been watching while I work lately is a lot of like theme park content. People go into theme parks um, and, and filming while they're there and stuff. You know, there's some stuff that we caught before it went away that I don't know when we'll come back. You know, you remember the garrison of stormtroopers that marched through the crowd, you know, like hassled the crowd. And uh, I think, you know, gave Phasma. everybody a hard time and Phasma, Captain Phasma, and then marched off with somebody. Yeah, I have the yeah. funniest video of Jesse cheese grinning at captain phasma and those stormtroopers at disneyland when we went it's great yeah they didn't do that you know they don't do yeah the characters (laughs) don't walk around everywhere like they're on a pedestal or like a second story up somewhere and they'll wave down um they have these little mini parades and all the characters are on the floats like there was a princess parade and they were all on the floats like you couldn't touch anybody like it was but you know you could wave at them and stuff yeah, and and like that's that's kind of the other thing is like I kind of want to wait until things are a little more back to normal where where more of the normal experience of going to Galaxy's Edge is is available because yeah. you all know they're not doing all the stuff that they normally do, right? But well, uh, it's shifted to where if you're outdoors, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. And so I um while watching one of these things, I saw somebody that was talking about Tower of Terror. And I, I'm telling you, dude, I will never be able to hear the words Tower of Terror without hearing the song, uh, the or, or thinking of the story 
of Liam freaking out. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell it to you. He'll tell it to you straight. <laughs> yeah, next time I see him, I'm going to ask him what he thought of Tower of Terror. Hey, all you got to do is say, hey, what's your favorite ride at Disney World? He said, well, not the Tower of Terror. Let me tell you about how I don't like that. That's the part that gets me. I was like, I know, kid. I'm asking about the one you liked. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I like a lot of them, but not the Tower of Terror. That was not my favorite. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Let's let's not re-ingrain this memory. I really want to... Uh, check back in in a few years and see if like does he break broken yeah Yeah, like this was a scarred for life well not not even that like when when will he be cool with the tower of terror how long will it take you know what i mean like is this gonna be a long lasting thing for the rest of his life where he's like man i love disney but that fucking tower of terror can get the fuck out of my face or you know there are i think it's an it's an it's the scary atmosphere thing right so like I enjoy history programs or, you know, whatever. And like sometimes there will be intense music, you know, when they have some description about, you know, something that's happened. And, you know, Liam will be like, uh, this is scary. You need to turn this off. This is scary. I was like, baby, this is just it's scary music. It's intense. <laughs> like it's meant to be ten- you're you're emotionally it's responding setting an to atmosphere. Like, yeah. And uh, he says, no, this is scary. You need to turn this off. And I'll be like, all right, all right, all right, right, we'll watch Bluey. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man, I love that story. It makes me chuckle every time I think about it. Every time I think about it. That scary atmosphere, the twilight, you know, the the disconcerting nature, the mind-breaking horror, really, terror, of not really knowing the twilight zone or how, what context that is or that that's not a real thing, like, you know, it's terrifying. Static white static TV people that are electrically shocking you, you know, making yeah. the elevator go crazy. He was just like, "Nope, having none more of this. Hate and, this." And you know what's crazy? So he's four, right? He's four. Soon yeah, to he'll be, be five. five in September. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I just my kid who is obsessed with Ghostbusters, you know, is uh loves halloween mm-hmm. you know spooky hell but uh, you know has all of a sudden and before we even went to disney world he was like uh can you come to the bathroom with me i'm scared of monsters like you know like baby there's no monsters in the house have you ever seen a monster he's like no i was like i've never seen one in here monsters aren't real they don't exist and he's like are you sure i was like yeah i've never seen one i would tell you if i see one and i would tell you how to be scared of them or how to take care of them but I've never ever seen a monster, and uh, so you know, long like basically saying, at Liam's age, at that exact age that Liam is, yeah, I was watching Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and I'm not saying I was a badass four year old. They gave me nightmares. Like I don't know where my parents found it, but I had a Freddy Krueger shirt that fit a four-year-old halls and it was a white t-shirt and it had Freddy in a tuxedo I believe it's from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 right <clears throat> and you know this explains a lot about you it sure does and I thanks <laughs> I uh <laughs> first I agree and then I get bummed did you hear that I was like it sure does thanks uh, um and I wore it with pride but let me tell you this so my bed when I was a kid had drawers under the bed, like the bed frame had drawers built into oh, it, under no. it. And that's where I would keep my clothes. Right. Yeah. And I would constantly have dreams 
because that Freddy shirt was in that drawer under my bed, that he would come to life, pop out, out of, of the shirt. shirt, crawl out of the drawer, and stand on my chest. And I would wake up, and I'd be covered in sweat, and then I would take, I would take that shirt out of the drawer, and I would walk it to the laundry room at the opposite end of our house and throw it in there. Yeah. And, and it like this happened several times. So I'm not saying like, oh, I was a badass. I'm saying, what were my parents thinking? Let me watch that yeah. shit at four. Yeah, it <laughs> slips in there. You know, I didn't mean to terrify the kid. You know, I thought Just we'd be all right. You know, well, it, to be fair I to my parents, if, I figured he might get a little spooked, but I didn't think he would be, you know, like terrified. To be traumatized. fair to my parents, they didn't let me watch Nightmare on Elm Street the first time. It was time. your cousins. My cousin showed it to me and even told me, like, hey, don't tell your parents. I'll let you watch this. And then, you know, a couple weekends later, my dad takes me to the video store and I see Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, there's a sequel? I got to see this, right? There's more Adventures of Freddy. So I tell my dad, like, hey, I've already seen the first one. We should get this. And he's like, where did you see the first one? And then I guess just because I insisted and pestered my parents so much about it that they just gave up and were like, I guess we let this kid watch R-rated scary movies now. <laughs> just, I guess we're just giving, giving up on this one. Maybe the next one will be better. And, and the next one was. I mean, she's super successful. and She likes horror movies too, though. But I wouldn't I don't... say that you're not successful. Mm. Mm. Anyways. <clears throat> yeah, um... And, and then what the whole Tower of Terror thing got me to thinking is I wonder what he would think about the one in California. Because, you know, they redid the one in California to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Of the Galaxy, yeah. So I wonder, that probably wouldn't freak him out as bad. Because, you know, it's like MCU and Marvel characters and stuff. Right. <clears throat> so, um, on the Star Wars news, instead of talking about traumatizing childhood memories. Yeah, right. Um. So, you know, this past weekend um, and part of this week were E3. E3 was going on. And there was exactly zero Star Wars video game news, which I didn't, I don't know, I was kind of maybe holding out some hope that we would at least get some word on the Jedi Fallen Order sequel or maybe that Star Wars Hunters game that they announced a couple months back that's coming to like Switch and Mobile. Um, but neither of those were announced. Granted, EA did not do any sort of conference. They're doing their own separate thing in July. So I guess maybe we could hear something there. Really, the only bit of interesting news to come out of this was Ubisoft Massive finally unveiled their Avatar game that they have been working on for quite a while now, like four years. Um that they actually delayed, I think, last year or something, because it's supposed to come out sort of around the time of the release of the next Avatar movie. So it's going to be coming out next year along with Avatar 2, if that actually happens. That thing's been delayed more than Chinese democracy, right? Yeah. The Guns N' Roses album. <clears throat> so they finally did a like a, a reveal trailer and I mean I mean it looked all right. Like I can see how a a well done avatar game could be interesting, you know, exploring that world in an immersive video game way. But the the real interesting thing about this is that Ubisoft Massive is the the company that has been announced to be working on the open world Star Wars game that was announced oh. earlier this year. 
So, you know, I think this Avatar game might give us sort of, when it comes out, might give us sort of an idea of the direction they'll go with the Star Wars game. Right. And interestingly enough, um, in one of the interviews that they were doing about this Avatar game, the studio mentioned that they got the go-ahead to work on their Star Wars game after meeting with Disney to show them the Avatar game. Because they started working on this Avatar game well before Disney bought Fox, right? And so then when Disney bought Fox, I, I guess they went around and were just checking on all the licenses and, and people working with their products. And in that time, they met with Ubisoft Massive, checked out the Avatar game, liked what they saw, and accepted their Star Wars pitch for an open world game. Yeah. So I just thought that was an interesting detail. Not much else to go on. You know, not a whole lot of news. It's going to be a while before we see that game. You know, like I said, they have this Avatar game that's coming out next year. And the exclusive EA license doesn't expire till 2023 anyway. So that's probably right. the absolute earliest we could see that game. And I'm thinking it's going to be even further out than that 2024 or something <clears throat> but you know the slightest little bit of news about this open world star wars game and that's really all that e3 had to offer hmm. um but if you want to hear um if you want to hear me and steve talk about e3 non-related non-star wars related stuff we're going to be releasing our e3 related episode this Monday on the High Potion podcast feed. So check that out. Little oh, that'd plug. be cool. Little pluggy plug. <clears throat> um, so you want to you want to talk about some Book of Boba Fett? Uh, yeah. Man, there's there's been some cool stuff, um, that has come out since we recorded last. Um, my favorite thing that has come out was like a promotional video that Tamora Morrison did for a Polynesian spa in New Zealand. Um, and in this video, he mentions that he just got back after seven months of shooting the book of Boba and, you know, makeup and fight scenes and stuff. Um, you know, the main takeaway is that it, it seems like shooting on the book of Boba is done. <clears throat> and Timora Morrison's back home. All I could think was like, damn, look at Boba just chilling in that Polynesian spa, relaxing. He deserves it. He's been through a lot. Sitting in the fucking belly of a Sarlacc for who knows how long. Right. Man. Man. Just to, just to be chilling with Tamora Morrison in a Polynesian spa. Let's go ahead and add that to the fucking bucket list, my dude. Absolutely. <clears throat> and then he also did an interview with Rotten Tomatoes where he talked a little bit about the Book of Boba. And he had a little bit of uh, interesting... Uh, information not a ton but uh he says and this is a direct quote from the article well we can't say too much but we're going to see his past and where he's been since the empire strikes back somebody pointed out he's been kind of stuck in this one place and now's the time to actually go back in time and check out his journey and find out more about him uh, and he also mentions in the article that, you know, Robert Rodriguez directed a few episodes and that there's a few other wonderful directors involved as well. Um, the takeaway from this is it seems like we are indeed going to be getting some some Boba flashbacks. Right. 
you know, we were talking about our buddy Steele earlier and his theory um, since Mandalorian season two, when Boba had like the different looks like his super beat up armor and then his super fresh repainted armor. His whole theory was that, you know, you establish these different looks for Boba. So when you do the book of Boba, you can do flashbacks and it's real easy to tell what time what part of the timeline these flashbacks are taken and like so if he looks like he did an empire or return of the jedi you know it's more original trilogy if it's if it's super fresh armor then you know it's current day quote unquote jesse just tried to scare me but i held strong i held strong and i didn't scream I held strong and I didn't scream. Um, so, yeah, it looks like we're going to be getting some Boba flashbacks. Um, <laughs> I would think at the very least we're going to see how he gets out of the Sarlacc pit. If not, a lot more stuff too, you know? Right. Is there any... Um, is there any stuff you would like to see specifically Boba up to? You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, bounties, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder if he'll have a portable carbonite freezer. You know, or if that's just something that the Mando picked up on. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't feel like... I don't feel like he'll have the time, right? To, uh, right. He's gonna. He's got bigger stuff to do. Like I, you know, you probably see him catch one bounty, and then he does a lot of Boba Fett stuff. Yeah, like if we see any bounty stuff, I would imagine that would be flashbacks, right? Because it seems right. current day he's up to like his his ruling Tatooine or rule, you know, like chilling in Jabba's palace with Fennec Shan stuff. So. If we do see him up into any bounty hunter shenanigans, I imagine that would be more flashback oriented. And if that's the case, I don't see, I definitely don't see him having the portable, um, portable carbonite freezing chamber. Um, I wonder if they will establish that because, you know, in empire, they kind of make it seem like this is not something that's done a whole lot. Wouldn't you agree with that? That freezing yeah, somebody they, in carbon carbonite isn't that common. Yeah, I mean that's the way it is in Empire Strikes Back, but I don't know if that sets a precedent to where exactly. it's incredibly common. Right. That's what I would like them to establish is that you know the legend of Han Solo being captured. You know, maybe the most famous bounty out there, Han Solo gets captured and frozen in carbonite for transportation that then inspires Din Djarin to install a, a portable a carbonite freezing chamber. I wonder if they will establish that. Because to me, that's that makes so much sense from like a canon standpoint to why he yeah. would do that, that like it would be cool to see that happen. <clears throat> but I also don't feel like when Din Djarin and Boba met, he was like, oh shit, you're Boba Fett. You're the Boba right. Fett, huh? So I don't know. But that seems like the most likely explanation to me, at least. Um, yeah. You want to talk about this week's Bad Batch? Or I guess last week's? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. What'd you think? I do. 
What did you? Can think? you hear me, buddy? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. I uh, I just thought my mic had gone out. Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, I it it resolved my psychological tension of the fact that their uh chips are removed. Um, I love that it was Rex. Uh, you were dead on that it was it looked like a little misdirection there. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. We had a little bit of technical stuff going on. So, yeah. Um, what were you saying about Rex? Uh, it was cool that it was Rex um, that was the, the person that the girls were talking to. The spies. Uh, their names. I forget them. Oh, the uh, Trace and uh, Rafa. The Martez sisters. Trace. And Rafa, yeah, Rafa. Okay, so I think we're back now. We're having some some weird delay issues. I don't know if it's a Skype thing or an internet thing or what. Um, but you were saying, let's start start from the top, buddy. What your thoughts were? With you, you said you were surprised <laughs> to see that it was. Uh, are are you glad to see it was Rex? Rex. Yes talking to the yeah. Martez sisters. And that he was wearing a cloak. Yeah, do you feel like that, that cloak... that he was wearing a cloak. Yeah. Do you feel like that cloak was maybe a little... meant to be a little bit of misdirection? Like, you show the cloak from behind, and then... I absolutely do. Yeah, because, you know, if you show the clone armor, the white and blue clone armor, in that hologram scene in the episode before, then, of course, immediately you know it's Rex. You know what's up, yeah. I got to say, though, I think the look of that cloak over the clone armor, pretty neat looking, though. Absolutely, and a great way to hide your identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a great way. To, I mean, because somebody going around in clone armor obviously would stick out in this post-Revenge of the Sith era, though. But come on, Rex, like, you know, you yeah. you could get some other clothes, man, and wear something besides clone armor if you don't want to be noticed. It's the only clothes I've ever known. Just toss on a cloak and call it a day? I don't know, man. You need to up, ga- up your uh, fucking costume game a little bit, buddy. Tiger can't change his stripes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was a really cool episode i mean obviously it's nice to have the whole threat of the inhibitor chips uh taken care of like it's not an issue now um right thankfully it didn't lead to anything too bad because you know we've been saying for a couple weeks now like man something bad's gonna happen with wrecker and it did but it could have been a lot worse it did but could have been a lot worse it was just as it was just bad enough to get it over with you know what i mean like yeah it built it built the appropriate tension, and it ended nicely. Like they're still family. Like yeah, and and obviously Rex that's will about be back. as well as you could. Right. Yeah. Um, now there was something really cool in this episode that I didn't catch. Uh, the first person that brought it to my attention was one of our patrons, Ben. Um, he actually brought it to my attention when I was. Um, in the comments to my reaction episode, that planet that they go to to get the chips taken out, Braca, um, mm-hmm. is the opening planet from Jedi Fallen Order. 
Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the planet that um, that uh, what's his name? Cam? Is it Cam? No. Well, how come I can't remember his fucking name? Uh, Cal Kestis. Cal. It's where Cal um, lives and works at the beginning of that game. And you know the the poncho he wears at the beginning of that game. The guys that you see from the Scrapper Guild that are floating around on the platforms and inform the Empire that, um, you know, the that there was a Jedi or the, not, not Jedi, that there were clones on Bracca. Um, that's the same poncho that Cal wears at the beginning of those games or at the beginning of that game. Rather. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So like a nice little subtle tie-in to the to Jedi Fallen Order that they didn't like beat you over the head with, right? They weren't like, there wasn't like this big thing where it was like, hey, remember this from that video game from a couple years ago in that costume? Like, I dig those little subtle things. So subtle that I didn't catch it. Plenty of people did. Like I said, our, our buddy mm-hmm. Ben on Patreon and I've seen people on Twitter talking about it since, but I thought that was really cool. Right. I, I I wonder, I don't think he is, I can't remember. I don't know if Cal is, is living and working on Bracca, 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 yet. Um, but regardless, a it's nice, hard to say. It's nice to see the video game sort of canon get tied in, even if it's a, <laughs> a super subtle, super small way like that. It's still nice to see. Of rent. I like yeah. when the different medium mediums of Star Wars cross over like that because it makes it feel more connected. We've talked about that, you know, before. Um, I liked uh, several moments of the animation in this episode were really good. Like at the end when Rex leaves and he like ventures off into the mist. I thought the animation there and the the lighting effects and stuff were really cool. I thought there were some really good water effects when they're um going into the venator and what i assume was a rathtar was down in the water is it a rathtar i guess so i what was uh what does the thing that took luke in the garbage compactor a die it's not a diagnoga um i'm pre- not a diagnoga. i'm pretty sure it was a rathtar it looked like a rathtar okay. it had all the tentacles and it made the rathtar sound so if it looks like yeah. a Rathtar, sounds like a Rathtar, smells like a Rathtar, because I got real close to my TV and sniffed it. To- I just didn't put that together, and I didn't brave the smell test. So yeah, yeah, that's that's really what you got to do to be sure about these things. Is get real close to your TV, like press, press your nose flat against your TV, like this, and you breathe in real hard. You go, yeah, that's a Rathtar. Please tell me you're not hauling Rathtars. I'm hauling Rathtars. How did you get them on board? Used to have a bigger crew. Yikes. My least favorite scene from The Force Awakens. The Rathtars making a comeback in canon. You know, they seem a lot more appropriate in uh, water. Yeah. They even maybe a little more terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, man. That thing underwater would scare the shit out of I me, mean, man. Grotesque rolling through a spaceship. Absolutely. 
but probably asking too much of the uncanny valley um to be i don't know fun uh i don't know I, you know since the first time we saw the force awakens to me that was like the weakest moment and like and there's a lot of fun to be had in that scene right i love han talking shit to the uh kanja club and to the guavian death gang um and i and like to me, everything else works mm-hmm. i mean the Rathars work for what they are but like they're the only element that really you know it falls a little flat everything else is on point the way yeah. they resolve it you yes. know uh, ray and and finn together is awesome you know yeah <clears throat> um so this last episode was episode 7 of the bad batch there's 16 episodes maybe maybe that was technically the eighth episode because the first episode might have counted as two because it was an hour I think it's long. seven i think there are seven episodes on the by number count right right but i mean like you know the supposedly it's it's a 16 episode series i okay. do i wonder if the first episode counted for two of those episodes because it was an oh, hour long so? Okay. It might have. I'm not quite sure. I haven't seen confirmation on that 100%. Um, regardless, we're about halfway through the series, and I'm digging it so far. I am too. I mean, I, I really am. It's better than I thought it was. It could be. Uh, excuse me. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I even had a monster a couple hours ago. Dang, bro, and you're yawning through a monster that's a powerful sleepy you got going well, on I, mean, I had it at seven because i wanted to be able to sleep after this you know what yeah. I mean? like had the monster early but uh dude my bad that is oh i don't man i don't care buddy that is the trick to enjoying an energy drink is having it at the right time so that you can sleep when you're you want to sleep because i right. don't i don't partake during the week just because i have trouble sleeping during the week as it is but you know on a friday night wanting to stay up play some video games maybe some dead by daylight with the boys um i might have a monster or a red bull and sometimes i'll have that nice cold energy drink in the fridge just waiting on me and i'll forget Mm -hmm. till like 11 or 12 and then it becomes like the choice do do i have it now or do i save it for tomorrow and sometimes right. I'll have it at like midnight and then I know I'm going to be seeing the sunrise. <laughs> You'll have it at midnight and wish you could only drink like a quarter of it and leave the other three quarters for the morning, but it won't be as good. Right. Right. And, and yeah, oof. So you really gotta, you gotta schedule those things. Right. <clears throat> I'm trying to be smart. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where the series goes from here. I expect the aspect expect that the episode we see tonight if i had to guess we'll see the return of crosshair and his new crew since the scrapper guild contacted the empire um and you know uh fennec shan's got to come back at some point she does but uh i have feeling the show might have some more surprises in store for us and i'm excited to see i bet we see bail organa i don't know why you wouldn't i mean it seems like a wasted opportunity if you don't it just seems like, oh, especially, yeah, it seems like with the way 
the first episode sort of established the early days of the rebellion with Saw and his his group that eventually the bad batch would link up with what whatever you know whatever form of rebellion is going on now right and maybe that's towards the end of the season maybe it'll set up season two of the bad batch to be them working with the early rebellion but i i agree with you i think we'll see them and more heavily involved with the rebellion eventually and if if that is the case then i think you have to work in characters like bell organa and mon mothma for sure yeah I mean, especially that we've established that the rebellion is building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see what they got for us uh, the rest of the season. Um, and I don't really have much more to say about this episode other than <clears throat> I'm glad they got those chips taken care of, and my dude Wrecker can stop having them headaches. Yeah, I really like him. I want him to stick around. I like the relationship between him and uh Echo. I mean Amiga. <laughs> I uh, man, it broke Tick, my heart. Ricka. It to- it broke my heart him chasing Omega around that ship and I, I thought know, right? our um you know the voicemail where we got last week where they were um predicting that uh his chip would go haywire and Omega would be what brought him out of it. I thought that was about to happen. It came real close to that that prediction. It came real being- close. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. It sure um, did. So you want to um, jump into some voicemails and emails here from our friends? Let's do it. All right. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around so you He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty Cockhead to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All righty. Well, first up, we're going to hear from our buddy, King Tom Chansky. The king of all times. The king of all times. Let's hear what he has to say this week. Hey there, Haas and Will. Uh, I come to you from the hammock in the new backyard. Hopefully you'll be able to hear some birds. There they are. Soon. You know, all is right in the world. Anyway, I had a question this week. I, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I was going to ask something about themes and Star Wars and light and dark and good and evil and and rhymes and rings and circles and i think i was going to include boba fett in there somewhere too uh but i'm going to save that question uh, because something else happened this week that i wanted to get you guys input on um 
You know, the heavy, heavy questions can wait. Here, here's my question. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, this week DC said that Batman wouldn't go down on Catwoman because apparently that's not what heroes do. And there's, you know, a lot of people here and there talking about it on Twitter. I want to get your opinion. Kiati Mundi, what do you think? Would he go down on a significant other? My guess is no. Um, you know, he's used to splitting chicks with his pud, or dudes, as it were. Um, I, I just don't think it's the Syrian way. I don't think they do the, 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 the necessary warm-up. Uh, but that's just me. What do you guys think? Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast, and I'll talk to you later. Did you hear about this Batman controversy this week, Will? No, what about it? Okay. So... <laughs> Apparently, so, you know, there's that Harley Quinn animated series that's on HBO Max. And I've right. heard nothing but good things about it. I have to check it out. Um, everybody right. I know that watches it says it's great. And it sounds like it's a lot of fun. But anyways, I guess they were doing some sort of interview for the upcoming third season. And in the interview, the creators mentioned that there was going to be a scene where I don't know if it was explicitly shown or mentioned that Batman uh, went down on Catwoman. And DC came back to the creators and said, yeah, you got to cut that out. Heroes don't do that. Which is fucking ridiculous. There's a reason the dude, his cowl is shaped the way it is. You know what I mean? Like, of course Batman does. Maybe Christian Bale's Batman doesn't, but... You're here to tell me that Batman Forever's Batman doesn't get the Batman fuck out of here. that isn't a, a reciprocal lover, I guess doesn't. But the Batman that is a good lover, my does. Batman does. I want my billionaire playboy to be a good lover. Thank you very much. Jesus Christ, it's so ridiculous. Of course, Batman does. Get the fuck out of here, DC Comics. If get you the get the chance here. to fuck Wonder Woman, you go down on Wonder Woman, right? Like you just. All right. <laughs> All right. Right. Like, is that what we're. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah. And it, like, I gotta say. The thing is, who the fuck cares? I mean, these are fictional characters, really. I mean. Yeah, but come on. Of course, Batman does. I mean, of course he does. You know who probably doesn't? Booster Gold. You know what? They didn't have a hard time showing his dinger donger, right? Like, yeah, so. we got to see full on. And hey, we know how unimpressed Will was with that. So I don't I know. Mean, I mean, good for Batman. I, good for Batman. So good for um, you, Batman. Good, good for you. Could be. Could be. Could be. Um. So, and I got to say, the memes that came out of this. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Were great were great they were fucking great um you know i don't i honestly don't know what dc was gonna let that slide but batman don't go down on catwoman yeah like the whole superheroes don't do that the whole purpose of this harley quinn show from what i can tell because i haven't seen it is to take a more irreverent not as uh, buttoned up take on the DC universe, right? So why is that what crossed the line? Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Batman's helmet, his cowl has handles on it. Jesus yeah, it Christ. I'll tell you what, I've never not wanted to be Batman more than when I heard that. Well, I was like, well, 
that totally takes away the allure of being Batman to me, bro. Jesus Christ, taking away the secret weapon, the two. <laughs> as as my buddy Chris Fresh will get a uh, <laughs> will get a kick out of this reference, the two finger cul-de-sac McGillicuddy. Jeez. Anyways, um, <laughs> as for Kia D Mundy, I don't know, man. Um, I want to say like, as as a Syrian male who has to have multiple wives to keep the species yeah. going, like. I don't know. I this think is, he has to put in extra work. That's what I was about to say. I was like, as a Syrian who has a harem by, uh, not I, by choice. I but wouldn't say harem. Harem is, okay. uh, no, he's got multiple wives because of, of problems because with to their... repopulate right. his species. Uh, by, I mean, like, that's either by social norm or by, you know, law, by decree, like, so <coughs> I say there are rituals like there's some sort of <laughs> ritual involved like you know there's a Syrian foreplay ritual that that must be observed before you know other carnal knowledge can be executed. okay well maybe maybe it's a um it's a time issue you know what I mean like maybe because he has so many wives and because he has to try and help repopulate the species like this there's just no time man he's just got to do the essentials i don't know i don't know maybe maybe kia you don't have that many wives and not have time i'm just saying like you just don't man king tom really he really took us there then and don't think King Tom, I didn't see your Twitter this week saying that Kia D didn't, and I was like, and and I thought about it, and I was wondering because at first I was going to be like, of course he does, and then I was like, mm, maybe he doesn't. He stacks them one on top of the other, and then just uses the top of his head to go like, you know, double stack, Big Mac. No, nothing. Silence. No, Crickets. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking about like. Mental image, yeah. How fucking yikes! <laughs> Doesn't he have a little ponytail on top, like like a little joystick? <laughs> oh, just sitting here thinking about like the immense amount of beating off I'm gonna do after this Kia <laughs> Dima conversation today. I was like, this got graphic right at the end. Sheesh. Real um, you know, is it Rule Thirty Four or something. <laughs> you know who probably doesn't? Plo Koon. What's doing under that mask? Uh, it may not even uh, be possible. you want anywhere near <laughs> your parts. Woo! <laughs> Shoo! Dave Filoni would be very angry to hear me say that. He'd be like, of course he does. Of course he does. His mouth probably looks like the... I don't know. You know the, the vertical mouth they do in uh, Rick and Morty? Where... Yep. Yep. It just droops like that's all that's behind that mask. Whew. I'm sweaty. I am sweaty after that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> King Tom turned up the oven in the kitchen on this. Shoo. You know, like when you spent all day baking, 
in the kitchen. I don't spit, but like Jesse be baking all day. If I was baking, it would oh, be I a fucking said mess. Baiting. <laughs> I've just been baiting all day, bro. Wake up in the morning, bait a little. Get in the shower, bait in the shower. Fucking bait after the shower. Then I got to take another shower because of too much baiting. Now I'm all sweaty. <laughs> Heart palpitations. Too, I'm too, too old to be baiting this much. Can we put a double parental advisory on this episode? <laughs> Do they Oof. stack if you put another one? <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <coughs> I got a little heartburn. <coughs> a little <coughs> acid re- reflux. <laughs> All right, uh, let's hear from Jacob. Now, if Jacob asks a similar question, I just don't know what to do, bro. Here we go. No, we'll sort it out. Home, home on. Tatooine, where the Banthas and Crate Dragons play. Oh, hi, how's it, Will? I uh, have a little bit of uh, Obi-Wan on Tatooine on the brain lately. You know, had those leaked re- reveals of uh, Mr. Uh, Ewan McGregor and some other characters uh, wearing those black cloaks over their outfits. And uh, I was also uh, watching the OG Star Wars, A New Hope, this past weekend. And I was thinking, how long do you think it took old Ben Kenobi to learn that crate dragon call? He was excellent at it. I can just imagine him in the middle of the night, out by his home in the desert, practicing. And the other homesteaders near him, wondering like, man... That old Ben Kenobi out there tripping in the desert doing crazy shit again. So, yeah, just what do you guys think about his crate Dragon Call? And uh, what other weird hobbies and just weird stuff do you think old Ben was up to in his spare time Lots when he baiting. wasn't uh, meditating <laughs> and just surviving out there? Let me know what you guys think, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, for the record... Obi-Wan Kenobi definitely does. You don't have oh. the Duchess of Mandalore Satine fall in love with you unless you're able to, you know, unless yeah. you're a le- at least a little bit considerate in the bedroom, right? Unless you're a cunning linguist. He's all, hello there. Um, <laughs> I just like the mental... For, well, for one, Obi-Wan had a lot of time on his hands on Tatooine. So, like, <clears throat> what better did he have to do than practice that? I mean, you know, com- commune with the ghost of, of Qui-Gon, figure out the mysteries of the Force, and, you know... Do some desert survival living, and... and practice your and crate dragon call. Commune with the animals of Tatooine. Like, we know that the Jedi path is very close with animals, animal kinship and husbandry. You know, Whoa. like, they've established that very much. So I can imagine him having some minor interaction with a crate dragon and being able to memorize the call fairly easily. I wonder how many crate dragons are on Tatooine. We know of at least two, right? We see the big, we see the big skeleton, and then we see the one in the Mandalorian. I wonder how uh, how common of a, a species of creature they are on Tatooine. Because if there was a ton of them, it seems it would seem like Tatooine was just chaos all the time. Right, it can't be too many because there are settlements that remain. You know, you do there. Are, 
they have been beaten back to certain regions, obviously, already. <coughs> oh, man. But uh, clearly, you know, urban, um, I'm sorry, rural areas still encounter them every now and then. Yeah. Maybe that's why um, everybody thinks uh, Obi-Wan is, such a, is just a crazy old wizard. is because he just hangs out in his hut practicing his crate dragon call. It's like me. I'm sure. When I'm working and I track uh, practice Mongolian throat singing, I'm sure he does other crazy old wizard stuff. The local festival, he'll set up a booth, you know, where you're like, read your mind for five credits. Ithorian throat singing around the campfire. <laughs> it was cool seeing Ithorian in that episode of The Bad Batch with the. Uh, translator mm-hmm. around his gills a little place because um you, you know uh, like I, I as far as i always understood like they don't speak like you can't understand them they have a guttural throat language but like that's why they put the translator on i was like oh that's that's pretty slick that's a cool move you know um a little homage something i always liked from the old eu stuff is there were these Jedi Academy books. I think that's what they were called. And, you know, they were the story of, like, Jason and Jaina and... Solo. Tenel Kai, I think her name was, training at, at Luke's Jedi Academy on Yavin. And Chewie's nephew, Lobaka, was also a Jedi in training. And Lobaka had this tiny little translator droid that he kept clipped to his belt... And I thought that was an interesting way, especially in a book, right, to get around the whole issue of having a character that speaks and roars. Yeah, speaks a language that the audience doesn't understand. Right. So, like, I always thought that was kind of a cool Star Wars concept is like, yeah, you know, like a dude like Lobaka would have a little translator droid on his belt that would help because if you're writing the book you're like and then Lobaka says blah 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 to anyone that can understand Wookiees and the yeah and then you have the problem of like vicinity. like you know like Han Solo's kids probably understand Wookiee because they grew up around Chewbacca so then they have to become the translator for Lobaka now the name Lobaka mm, give it or take but I always liked the character of Lobaka I like, I mean, the that the Baca is a family name, like that's that's neat. Mm-hmm. But uh, the low and uh, I don't know. Now Chewbacca definitely does, definitely does. That's why Maz is so is so fucking obsessed with him. Oh yeah. He was. She was like, you. You think him fucking roasting up that porg was impressive? Sheesh. Han Solo! Sheesh! Whew. Man. I'm, a, I'm feeling a little dizzy. I'm not I'm not I'm not equipped for this, William. Are you woozy? <laughs> woozy. Lightheaded. <clears throat> hey. We got a um we got an email from Sean. Hey guys, sorry that I've been off the grid for a while. Halls, you might remember me from leaving voicemails on Rogue One. Of course I do. Well, I've been working on a project for some time for you guys. I actually wanted to send it for Halls' birthday, but I ran into technical difficulties. But I finally finished it. I hope it works okay as I'm not used to sending music files via the internet. 
This is called Boba Fett Love Song, in parentheses, Halls' theme. Uh-oh. Buddy, we got a song sent to us. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Let's hear it. I'm stoked. I can't hear it, but I assume you can. Oh, shit. Fuck yeah. Sheesh! That was awesome. I was about to say, that was awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I think you couldn't just hear the beginning. He did some like um, ambient 
set the mood stuff at the beginning, um, which probably didn't come come through super well for me. But once it kicked in, you heard it all right, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I love that so much. That was so great. Talk about a song that fucking speaks to me, man. Like, I feel like uh, old Simon, I'm just kidding, Sean, reached into my mind grapes and pulled that right out of my head. Right. I think that might have to be like, uh, maybe that'll have to be our email song for when we do the Book of Boba at the end of the year. Instead of doing cool. doing the Kiati Mundi song. Yeah, we'll just switch it up for a little <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll trade it out for that. Like a Boba. Ooh, I like that. I hope uh, I hope Sean's okay with that, but uh, I, I, I'm sure he would be, right? I don't see why not. I mean, you put all that work into it. Man. Why would you not? Thank you so much. That was amazing. And my favorite Stone Temple Pilot song. So, Duh, a fucking Boba Fett based parody. Shoof. I'm a fan of that. All right. Uh, we got one more voicemail for the evening. Uh, and then we will let you guys go. And, um, and I'm going to get back to baiting. Here's uh it's our buddy Mr. 100 Kobe Hey awesome Will it's your boy Kobe aka Mr. 100 um torturing your ears with another voice memo again my goal is to get this one on one take uh I don't know if it can be done right now we're on take one so um yeah hope we can hope we can get this done okay so my big question this week, my Star Wars question, uh, I'll just get right to it. It's a pretty simple one. Um, kind of a two-parter, though. 1A, right? This is part part A and there, part 1 and part 2. So part 1, uh, obviously where we left off in the Mandalorian, they didn't leave us like a definitive... Um, kind of roadmap for where we're going yeah we obviously know we're going to see certain things we're obviously going to see the the uh development of the bo-katan um dark saber you know the whole that whole thing is probably going to go down at some point um i imagine at some point we'll hear a little more or maybe even get a glimpse of uh baby yoda and and luke um and then obviously there's going to be some uh some cara dune related things uh i don't however that goes down but but um but those are just kind of minor uh bumps in the road but as far as the official roadmap we really don't have a whole lot um whereas you know at the end of season one you kind of knew like they introduced the big bad villain um they you know and he they they got away from him but he it was kind of an empire strikes back kind of thing where you know the bad guy won and the heroes are on the run um but the uh season two we kind of knew it was coming and then but now we're going into season three and at least as far as i know i don't really know what all is going to happen so here's my question i guess with that in mind what do you think is going to happen like what's going to be the main focal point of season three um it might just be that there's a it's kind of like season one-esque where it's like, you know, that's story here, story here, kind of episode based rather than a season long overarching plot. Now that we have the whole uh, baby Yoda story, not wrapped, but for the most part, uh, kind of wrapped up a little bit. Um, 
But what do you think is going to happen? You think it's going to be overarching? You think it's going to be episode to episode? What, what do you think? Like, if you were if you were betting on this, what would you bet on? Um, my part two to this question is not what you think is going to happen. Maybe this isn't likely, but what what do you want to happen? What do you want to see? What do you want to see uh, the Mando do? What do you want to find out? You know, what lore? There's still a ton of lore there that is left untapped and can be can be uh, looked into now that we don't have a you know that overarching story of Baby Yoda and Moff Gideon as much you know kind of taking precedence over everything. So um, yeah, what do you guys think's gonna happen in the Mandalorian season three, and what do you want to see? So obviously those can, those answers can be different; they can be the same. However, you want to do it. Um, Part two, or question two, I guess. Um, I haven't done one of these in a while, and I just I thought it'd be fun to uh, hit you guys back up with the uh, the pick a fictional concert lineup. So I'll just kind of hammer through this to save time. Um, concert one is um, obviously you guys probably hopefully you remember the rules. You know the rules. Um, you get to pick one one concert of the two. And you have to stay and watch all four acts. Um, so you, you can't, you know, you can't uh, can't skip out on one and take a forty minute poop. Like you, you got you gotta <laughs> you gotta hammer down and watch all four of them. That's kind of the beauty of it. Uh, concert one, Vanilla Ice, Some Forty One, The Doobie Brothers, and Breaking Benjamin. So that's your concert one. Obviously, what I try to do um, with both is I try to get uh, a similar act kind of, you know, side by side. So um, concert two, MC Hammer. So it's probably just can't touch this. I don't know if I know another MC Hammer song. Uh, Blink-182, my personal favorite. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival and Slipknot. Oh. So obviously you have Vanilla Ice versus MC Hammer, um, kind of the one-hit wonders. Um, Sum 41 versus Blink-182, kind of the pop-punk battle there. Uh, Doobie Brothers and CCR, kind of the Bayou, uh, floating down the river kind of tunes. And then Breaking Benjamin and Slipknot, probably not very fair of a matchup because they're kind of different, but kind of that uh, post-new metal uh, hard rock sound. So let me know what you think. All right, as always, you guys are the best. Have a good one. See you later. Oh, this is a super... As far as the concert goes, it's a super easy answer for me. It's number two. MC Hammer, Blink-182, Credence, and Slipknot. I was about to say, it's hard for me not to choose that one, yeah. Um, Now, for (sighs) the record, Kobe, MC Hammer also had too legit to quit. Too legit. Too legit to quit. Hey, hey. Hey, So, you know, I, I obviously that wasn't probably as big of a hit as uh, Can't Touch This, but I, I feel like it was a pretty big hit. I heard it a lot as a kid. <clears throat> and also, for the record, I have seen Vanilla Ice in concert, and it was <laughs> awful. It's more metal now than it is uh, hip-hop. Um, oh, no, this was... he. So I went thinking it would be vanilla ice trying to do his whole new metal thing because he did go through a phase where he tried to be like he was like oh this new metal stuff is big i'm I'm gonna do that and it wasn't it was just him and a dj right and there was this part in the concert the new metal version of ice ice baby is all i remember no it wasn't oh it was when i saw him it wasn't 
It was just him and a DJ. Uh, it was it was the more quote unquote classic version, mm. right? And and I go and I'm like, well, he's got to do the fucking Ninja Turtles rap from Ninja, Ninja Turtles Two: Ninja Secret of the and he didn't. But at this one point, he was like, can anybody in here freestyle? And people started raising their hands. And he's like, all right, dude, get up here and freestyle for us. And, you know, this this bigger guy, college-age kid, because it was, it was in Starkville at the Hunt Club, jumps up on stage. At the and, Hunt Club, not Rick's. No, this was at the Hunt Club that I oh, saw him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. all right. Jumps up on stage, and instead of freestyling, he goes, stop. It's the green machine going to rock the town without being seen. Have you ever seen a turtle get down? He started doing the ninja rap, uh, and Vanilla Ice visibly got pissed and pushed him off the stage. Really? I was like, bro, you think you're too good to do ninja rap? Get the fuck out of here. You're too good for ninja rap? No, you are not. You are a novelty, sir. No, thank you. Guess which one will outlive you? Yeah. The ninja rap will outlive you, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Now, uh, as far as his Mandalorian question, I don't really know. I mean, I agree with Kobe that I feel like we had at least somewhat of an idea of the direction that the season two of Mandalorian would go in. Um, obviously, it took some twists and turns along the way. Yeah. But yeah, he's right. We knew Moth Gideon was going to be the big big threat that Mando was going to be trying to take baby Yoda to his people, which turned out to be the Jedi. Right. Um, now as far as season three goes, uh, I kind for one, I kind of feel like Moff Gideon. We're not done with him. I think he's going to continue to be a threat just because he got beaten in this episode. I don't think that rules him out from being a threat. I also don't think that's the end of the dark troopers. Probably not. Um, I think, you know, we will... My gut tells me that there'll probably be a bit of a time jump to season three. Um, in between season two and three. Not a massive one, but... I feel like we'll find him down on his luck. Yeah, I don't know. In some way, because he finished on a high note. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I, I would imagine, you know, Moth Gideon will probably escape custody for one and then will continue to be a threat but if i had to guess um i think we're going to move into a territory where probably grand admiral thrawn is going to be the overarching overarching big bad for all of these live action shows like you know they they drop the reference uh, in the ahsoka episode we're getting the ahsoka show so i wouldn't be surprised if, for lack of a better term, Thrawn is the main Thanos-style threat that ties all these shows together. Because, you know, they're going to do a big narrative-ending event at some point down the road. Right. So I kind of think that's what it's going to transition to. And I think it's probably, in the meantime, going to focus a lot more on Mandalore, right? I think we're going to see a lot more of that and and the potential ruling of Mandalore. And like he said, you know, uh, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin buttonheads because he has the dark saber. 
Um, I honestly don't feel like his ultimate destiny is to be the ruler of Mandalore because he doesn't want it. Like he, he establishes in the end of season two, like he's like, just take it. I don't, I don't want it. Um, and I, I do think that one of the story threads that they're going to have to pick up at some point and explore is the whole um, Death Watch thing and oh, his yeah. his previous clan. There was um, a lot of explaining of that for that not to go anywhere. Yeah, and the fact that so many people have seen him without his helmet now and the fact that he's learned that, you know, the whole this is the way thing isn't the only way for a Mandalorian to um to operate. I to think live, yeah, yeah I, I think that's going to come back in some way. Um and I, I'm really hoping that we see the armorer again and that's how they, they bring that back. Maybe he I don't know, maybe they start, you know I kinda wonder if they're gonna start trend like traveling the galaxy trying to um find all the spread out different Mandalorian clans and stuff and unite them for the purpose of retaking Mandalore. And maybe in that process, he comes uh, uh, across his old covert um, set up on a new planet or something. That and, you know, he achieved what the foundress told him he had to, you know, he returned, he returned the youngling to his clan. Yeah. And so now he can go back. Yeah. And I think, um, I think a big part of his like character struggle is going to be the fact that he did achieve that, but in the process, he he broke like probably the main rule of the clan he grew up with. Right? He took mm-hmm. his he took his helmet off. They saw him without his helmet, um, and he's probably going to have to come to terms with that. Um, and I think honestly, he's going to end up more on the side of the Bo-Katan style. Mandalorian than the Death Watch side, right? That or he may be he may take a page from Boba Fett and just be himself, you know, Mandalorian that is you know, <clears throat> holds no factions. It could be. I just feel like they set up this whole Mandalorian, Mandalore who whoever wields the dark saber as the ruler of Mandalore thing. And and you what you could beyond to is where he ends up at at the end of it all is he just goes out on his own after they do whatever they have to do with mandalore right and i i hate to reference rick and morty again but like it would make sense that the rickest rick of all would just have to go be rick right (laughs) like couldn't belong to the citadel of ricks he's got it he's too cool for that i think like I think Rick and Morty comes back this weekend. Is that why you got Rick and Morty on the brain so much? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's one of my favorite shows. It's one of mine, too. It's got heart and heaviness in equal measure, if that makes sense. I, that that last season with the the Dragons episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know you like that one. I love that episode. Um. Anyways, I think that does it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. 
Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me. Thanks for sticking Sorry through about the our technical difficulties in the middle. Yeah, it seemed like it straightened out just fine. It did. It sure did. Um, things got hot and heavy. I was not seeing that. I got to go, like, take a shower. Steamy, cool off. A steamy shower. Cold shower, bro. Put some ice in the bottle at the bottom of the tub. Like I'm. Um, some champagne on ice. <laughs> like I'm um, like, um, Jean Claude Van Damme and Universal Soldier. This episode's got it all. Just finishing off with a Jean Claude Van Damme reference. I'll finish off to a Jean Claude Van Damme reference. Oh, me too, buddy. Sheesh. Um, anyways. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps people find the show, and we really appreciate it. brightens our day to see a new review come through. Uh, if you enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And speaking of Stoned Cobra, if you like video games... And you want to hear me and Steve, our buddy Steve, talk about them, check out the High Potion podcast. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Uh, and thanks to everybody that's checked it out and sent in feedback. We really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, and this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. Baiting. Mm. May the force be with us. <laughs>